Welcome to the podcast for Real Church Coweta. We meet every Sunday at 10 a.m. at the Worship Center on the campus of Central Christian School in Sharpsburg. You can also check us out online at realchurchcoweta.com or jump on Facebook at Real Church Coweta. We hope you enjoy this week's message. Well, I want to tell you guys, I hope you guys enjoyed Elijah last Sunday. That'll be the last time you hear from Elijah ever. Uh, because he did so well, and when you go out of town as a preacher, you want the speaker to not do well so that you'll miss me. Uh, And no one missed me. So, Elisha, your days preaching in the real church are over. Thank you so much. But, Elisha, you guys give it a hand. Give Elisha a hand if you didn't hear it. I listened to it. It was really good. Lynn just kept saying, yeah, he's he's actually a really good speaker. Yeah, really. And I was like, Lynn, that's enough. Shut up. I don't want to hear anymore. Okay? (laughs) Whatever, dude. Whatever. Uh, listen, I, I want to ask your permission to, uh, to do something today. Usually what I do is, is I, um, I have, a, have a, what a lot of pastors call a proof text, and so I have a text of Scripture, um, and, uh, and then we will flow from that, and I will teach from that, and I'm not going to do that today, and so I want to apologize for that ahead of time. What I do want to do is, is I want to have a conversation with you, and I want to chat with you for a little bit just about a couple of the things that are going on today. Um, and uh, no, I'm not doing this because I was too much of a lazy bum not to write a sermon while I was on vacation. That has nothing to do with it. I actually have been working on this message for several weeks. Um, and I just felt like uh, as I prayed about it, uh, especially about a week and a half ago, that, that today would be a good day to do this. And so um, it's one of those things that the message has been written, but it's kind of set on the, the back burner for a while because I wanted to let it seep and let it soak there, and, and, and I want to do it in love, but sometimes you have to say hard things, and so today may be a hard thing for you uh, to hear. I'm not sure. Um, so it's going to be a little different today, and I want to go ahead and warn you uh, about that. Psalm 119.105 says this. As a matter of fact, it's going to be so different that I told Lynn, I said, we're not going to have any slides. Uh, I, I just want to uh, speak, and I want to talk to the, the, um, uh, the church. And so I hope what I tell you today helps you. I hope it encourages you. But I also, I also hope it challenges you. I hope it challenges you um, to look at your faith and look at your walk and to look at the, the people you associate with and to help them and to be a help and a guide. Psalm 119, 105 says that the word of God says, Your word is a lamp uh, unto my feet and a light unto my path. <clears throat> One of the things that you have to understand about that scripture is, is for us today, we think, oh, it's a lamp unto my feet or a light unto my path and we think oh it's a flashlight and it's a lamp well it's not necessarily that uh the scripture was written they would go through these mountainous mountainous areas wendy's actually been to some of the mountainous areas they would go on these paths and they would have someone carry a lamp and the lamp would only shine you know just like a normal lamp would shine if you're going through the woods not very far and so they would carry the lamp and you would have to follow very closely i want you to hear that you have to follow very closely in order to be able to see where the path is or if not if you don't follow closely and i want you to hear that if you don't follow closely you would actually trip fall you would fall off of the path okay you would get off of the path and you would be injured you could even be killed and so that's what the scripture means when it says uh, your word your word is a lamp unto my feet. And so what it's saying is, is it's saying the Bible, the Bible itself is actually a guide for our life. It actually lights the way for our life. Proverbs 14, 12 says this, and this is the opposite of being a light. It says, there is a way that seems right 
to man, but in the end, it leads to death. There's a way that seems right to man, but in the end, it leads to death. There's a way that seems like the right way to go. There's a way that seems like the right way to go, but in the end, it leads to death. I'm going to tell you one of the things that bothers me about our society today more than anything is this. Whenever someone says, well, that's my truth. My truth is this. My truth is that. Can I tell you something? You don't have a truth. I want you to hear that. You do not have a truth. You don't. Now, you may think, well, my truth. Can I tell you what your truth is? Your truth was born into sin is what the scripture says. You were born into sin. And so your truth, therefore, would be considered a lie. I want you to hear that. I want you to hear that. There is a way that seems right to a man, but in the end, it leads to death. And so today, what I want to talk about is I don't want to talk about my truth or your truth, because both of those things are lies. I want to talk about the truth today is what I want to talk about. And I want to encourage you today, but I also want to challenge you today as well. Can I tell you what we need more than anything today? Can I tell you what you need more than anything today? You don't need COVID to be over with, even though that'd be nice. You don't need, you don't need uh, another counseling session, but that may be helpful. In the end, what you need more than anything is you need something. You need a final authority on your life. And today, I want to challenge you to choose what that final authority is. Thomas Jefferson, whenever he was, a lot of people think that Thomas Jefferson was a Christian. Thomas Jefferson was not a Christian. He was a deist. And a deist is someone that just kind of believes in God, but did not follow the scriptures. Thomas Jefferson wasn't, you know how I know Thomas Jefferson wasn't a Christian? Because what he did with the Bible is, is this. He went through all the texts of the scriptures. And I don't know if you know this or not. There's actually a Bible called the Thomas Jefferson Bible. And what he did is, is he took, he took and he cut out the portions that he did not agree with or like. And he kept the stuff that he liked and he threw the other stuff away and that was his Bible. Can I tell you something? It's either all true or none of it's true. And I don't want to sound like some kind of 1950s you know, tent revival guy, but I'm just being honest with you. It's either all true or none of it's true. And so I don't want to be like, and, but we have a lot of people today that are doing a lot of Thomas Jefferson. Okay, we, we really are. And so but what you need and what I need is a final authority. I don't want to know your truth or my truth. I want to know the truth. And remember, if you aren't following close enough, the light, the word, the word, you'll get off of the path. And that's what's happened. Y'all, that's what's happening today. There's three things that I want to talk to you about today. And here's the first thing. And I know it's going to sound a little harsh, and I don't mean it to sound harsh, but to be honest with you, for two and a half weeks, I've kind of figured out what to say. And I've tried to figure out how to say it. And I, I don't post stuff on social media, so I just want to say this. Hey, guys, a lot of us need to grow up. Can I just be honest and say that a lot of us need to grow up? A lot of us need to grow. You know, one of the things Jesus dealt with more than anything else, he dealt with immaturity. He dealt with spiritual immaturity. He dealt with immaturity in the disciples. You can read, if you read the Gospels, you can read him and you can hear and you can feel Jesus going, no, that's not what I mean. Here's what I mean. You can feel it if you read through the scriptures. You can feel it. Here's the thing I want you to know. A lot of us need to grow up. And can I be honest and say I'm not just talking about spiritually. I'm talking about emotionally too. A lot of us need to grow up. For some reason, the internet 
has given us the thought that we can say and act like a three-year-old. We have. We've been given that right to think we can act like a three-year-old. You know, one of the things that I've seen over the last couple of weeks is I've seen where parents, and we, I don't know why this kind of happened in our generation. I don't know if there's some psychological reason, but for some reason, it didn't happen in my generation because my, my mom and dad, while they protected me a little bit, they wanted me to be disappointed. But for some reason, we've come to the place where we think that it's always a bad thing for our kids to be disappointed. Can I tell you it's a good thing for your kids to be disappointed? Because if they're not disappointed when they're young and when they're in a safe area, do you know, do you know what your home is, guys? You know what your home is? Your home is a breeding ground for maturity. And your home is a place where your kid can have disappointments and hurts and pains and where they are safe in your care to where you can work through those things with them. But for some reason, we've become a society that thinks that no one should ever be disappointed. We've also become a society that thinks that everyone should get their way. No matter how old they are, they should get their way. It's interesting. I watched this past week. I watched as person after person after person after person was angry about some issue or another. And they begin to blame people who they know love them. They begin to blame the school or, or you know, this person or that person. The same people that have held their hand and taught them and educated them and helped them isn't suddenly going to just turn their back on them. We need to grow up as a society. We overly protect our kids from disappointment because we think that they'll be scarred for life. Can I tell you guys something? I was disappointed a lot as a child. I don't know if I've ever told this story, but there used to be a place called Opryland. I know I've told the students, but there used to be a place called Opryland. Okay, and Opryland was basically Six Flags light. We'll just call it that, okay? I don't, has, anybody ever, has anyone ever been to Opryland? Yes, yes. I was at Opryland. I loved Opryland. It was in Nashville. Now there's a mall at Opryland. What kind of pagan puts a mall at Opryland, <laughs> right? And you can, the sad part is, is if you go to the mall, which I've been on the outside of the mall, you can, like, I can still see the little area where the water ride was. And I'm like, I remember I used to ride that ride. It was the, one of the original water rides that you would ride. And I'm like, man, that's so sad. But I had a situation that happened to me when I was younger. I wanted the Incredible Hulk doll. I did. I was like seven years old, and I wanted the dog on Incredible Hulk. Maybe I was eight. But I wanted that Incredible Hulk doll. It was five bucks. Now, at the time, Opryland was like 19 bucks to get in. And it was five bucks. And my whole family was going to Opryland. My dad didn't like Opryland, so he didn't go. But my mom and took all the family, my brothers, relatives, you know, cousins, whatever. And we lived in a small town, and so I knew Opryland also meant going to McDonald's. We didn't have a McDonald's. Okay, we had like a tasty burger or something like that, you know, some kind of random like tasty burger. We, that's what we had. And so I said, I want, the, I, I, I want the Hulk doll. And my mom said this. She said, you can either go to Opryland or you can have the Hulk doll. And I said, out of my ignorance, I want the Hulk doll. So she goes up to, I kid you not, Ben Franklin's 
For those who don't know, Ben Franklin turned into Walmart. Ben Franklin's, she goes up to Ben Franklin's, and she buys me the Hulk doll for five bucks. And she gives me the Hulk doll. And I started hanging out with the Hulk doll. That was the night before. And everybody else is getting their sunscreen ready and getting their water stuff ready because they're going to be on the water rides. And, and I'm sitting there playing with this Hulk doll that's suddenly become old to me in about five minutes. And so I'm thinking, oh, I know I got the Hulk doll, but I know my mom's going to, I'm going to go to Opryland. I know I am. I stood at the screen door and watched them drive away to Opryland. And I stayed home with my dad. And I was miserable. And I was disappointed. And you know what else I was? I was educated on making better decisions. Now, did they have the money to let me go to Opryland with them? They did. But they wanted to teach me a lesson. And I'm 49 years old. And it's been 41 years. And I'll never again choose a Hulk doll over Opryland. Can I tell you guys something? It's good. It's good. It's good for our kids to be disappointed sometimes. It is. I had people that kind of got ticked off at me because I said, hey, listen, I understand that some kids aren't going to be able to walk for their graduation. My kid's one of them. But you know what? Disappointments happen in life. And this is a good learning time for them. This is going to deepen them. And people didn't want to hear that because they were tied up in the emotion of an event I guess I'm just not an event kind of person. I'm not. I'm an everyday, making memories, living life, experiencing the next step kind of person. But we were going through the same thing at our house, but people didn't want to be disappointed. And I understand not wanting to be disappointed, but facts are facts and reality is reality. And sometimes your kids are going to be disappointed. Sometimes they are. Can I tell you that a lot of people in churches need to grow up? They do. I want you to know something. In Matthew, in the, in the Sermon on the Mount, and I talked to you guys about this about four months ago. In Matthew, there's a scripture that says, we are the light of the world. We're like a city on a hill. Uh, and I told you guys that when Jesus said that, he was under one of the lit bowls of the end of a festival. They would light these 17 bowls around the temple. And it, they would flame up. And it was, the Temple Mount was up on the top of a, 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 small, a small hill in Jerusalem. And you could see that light from all over the area. It was lit up and he was sending under and he said, we are the light of the world. We are a city up on a hill. That's what we are. And that's what we're supposed to be. We're not supposed to be the light whenever we get our way. Did you hear what I said? We're not supposed to be the light when we get our way. We're not just supposed to be the light whenever everything goes as it's supposed to go. We're not supposed to just be the light when we're not disappointed. Anyone can be the light. Anyone can be positive if everything's going their way. That's easy. That's easy. We're supposed to be the light when there's darkness around to light the way. And our example is to be mature and to conduct ourselves in a way that shows that we are the light to other people. Do you know what a light does? What's the scripture I say read, what, that I read earlier? What does it say? It says that it's a lamp and it lights the way. The word of God does that. When we get the word of God in us, then we help light the way to other people. But can I tell you, a lot of times what I see, especially in people's attitude and on social media, a lot of times what I see is I don't see people trying to light the way. 
I see people trying to, what is it, hide it under a bucket? <laughs> is that what the song says? I'm going to let it shine. No, we're going to hide it under a bucket. I'm going to lower that light. I'm going to cover that light. Because they say, well, I've got my truth. So no, your truth doesn't exist. God's word is the truth. And we end up covering that light up, and we end up, here's what we end up doing. We ended up being a very bad example for who Jesus is. I've told you guys this before. If you guys are going to go nut up out in the community, please don't wear real church stuff. You know, get something from like, you know, Southcrest or something like that. You know, get Crossroads. Wear a Crossroads shirt if you're going to go off on somebody. And, you know, if you're, if you're going to leave very small tips anywhere you go or if you're going to nut up on the cashier that's working, you know, for minimum wage and don't want to be there, if you're going to go crazy on those people or the waitress, just wear something that says something else. Don't, don't, don't wear real church stuff. And I tell you that because you're representing us poorly. And I'll tell you that whenever we show our immaturity, whenever hard situations come about, when we show our immaturity, we too are representing Christ in a bad way. Can I tell you something? That's the last thing I want to do. We need to grow up. Let's have a little discussion real quick. So far you're going, hey, this isn't so bad. Oh, I know, but I want to talk about masks. Can I talk about face masks for for a bit? Can I do that? Can I do that? Listen. There's a story in the Old Testament where there is a very powerful person who has leprosy. Okay? And he's told to go dip himself in a muddy river. And he says, no, I'm not going to do that. I'm above that. And one of his helpers says something so wise to him. They say, listen, if this man of God would have told you to do a hard thing, you would have done it. He's telling you to do this easy thing. And the famous, the, the rich guy was like, yeah, you're right. And he went and dipped himself in seven times and he was, he was healed. Can I tell you guys something? This whole mass thing, is laughable. It is. Is it really that difficult to have a face covering when you want to go into Publix? Is it really that bad? Is there persecution happening with you? Is there, unless you have some kind of medical issue, is it really that bad? You know what I do? Let me tell you what I do. Let me say something to you. People with fat heads like me don't like wearing masks, okay? Because I got the double thing here. I got a bucket head and little ears that don't hold the mask and little nostrils and a little mouth. And so I'm like going, (laughs) when I'm wearing a mask. I don't like wearing masks. I don't. I don't at all. I have to wear a mask when I mow the yard outside. I I have these neck things that I pull up over my eyes because of my allergies, but I'm claustrophobic. I am. And I have a little bit of anxiety. I hate them. I hate them. I do. Do you know what I do, though? I don't wear my mask for me. I wear my mask for Alex Helms. Alex Helms is a student here. He was, he, he's, he's not a student anymore. He, he graduated a couple years ago, but as far he'll always be a student to me. All of them will. But he, he's, he's a kid that was here. His, his, his parents go here. His, his aunt and uncle go here. His grandparents go here. And he has CF. He has cystic fibrosis. 
And where we have all been able to wear a mask and go out in public, he's been sitting at home since March. That's what he's been doing. The only time he's gotten out is when he's gone to the doctor and came back. And I wear a mask for him. I think, you know what? If Alex, if, if, if there's another person that's, that's like Alex in the store, I would never do anything to make him sick. I don't understand all the science. It's so funny because you got one side posting things about, hey, you're going to, you know, you're going to die of carbon dioxide, whatever, whatever side poison. I don't even know what it is. If you're a science person, you know what it is. But you're going to die of that. Or I know Miss, Miss Eaton's over here going, good Lord, he just messed that up. I know. I'm so sorry, Brenda. <laughs> Brenda's like, oh, my gosh. You know, you're going to die of that. Or the other one is, oh, you know, uh, you're going to spread it all over the whole world if you don't. Listen, it's a mask. Can we just grow up? Let me tell you something funny. There's nothing new under the sun. I read an article that was in a newspaper in, in 1818, and I posted this online. You know what they were doing 110 years, 102 years ago, back in 1818 when the Spanish flu happened? 1918, I'm sorry, it was 1918. Thanks. Um, man, I was a history major too. How bad is that? Man. So I hate math. I'm not good at history or science. So lunch and PE, where, that's where I was at. Do you, know, do you know what they were doing back then? They were complaining just like you and I are. They were saying, I don't like masks. I'm not going to wear masks. That's what they were saying. Nothing new under the sun, you guys. We're all the same. We are. We've got all this technology, all this stuff, everything. And guess what they were doing? They were complaining just like you and I were. There's a picture in the thing I posted. It, it showed a guy holding his hand out. There's one guy with a mask and one guy without it. And the guy with the mask is being waved on. And the guy without is, he went, he could they wouldn't let him get on a train without a mask. And he was going, he was mad and stuff like that. Is it really that big a deal? Let me just say something to you. Someone telling you you have to wear a mask in a store doesn't mean that the government is coming to take your guns or your house or anything else. Okay? Let me just clear that up. Doesn't mean that at all. All right? Now, the funny part is, is there's probably a couple people watching online, and there may be some people in here going, I don't know about all that. You know, it's got to start somewhere. Okay, well, let me say something to you. I wear my mask for Alex, and I hate wearing masks. I wear my mask for Joanne Phillips, who's in a rehab center right now and has been sick since March 9th with COVID. And she's in a rehab center now, finally. Thank the Lord, finally. That's why I wear my mask. If you can't do it for someone else, I mean, if you can't do it for yourself, at least do it for someone else. Who is it? My mom hasn't been out of the house. She, she goes, runs to the store. She looks like she's, you know, doing research for Ebola because she walks in. A, I mean, she's got cloth. She's got, I said, Mom, do you wear a mask when you go out? She goes, mask? I wear glasses. And a, she wears a scarf. And she looks like it's, you know, 20 degrees below zero when she goes to the, you know, Kroger. But She's fearful. A lot of older people are fearful, and I don't blame them. Can you respect them? Just do it. Is it that big a deal? Is it really? When you think about it, like when you stop and think about it, is it really that big a deal? Is it? I don't think it is. I don't think it is. I really don't, and I think we're making it a bigger deal because we want our voices to be heard, and we want to be right, and we want to say this, and we want to say that. My mom... (laughs) 
My mom, this always irks Wendy. I don't know if anybody else's parents did this, but my mom and dad had a rule that if I went and got, if I left the house going somewhere and I forgot something, I had to come back in the house, they said, you have to sit down for a second. Did anybody else's parents do that? I knew I was abused. I knew I was abused as a child. I knew. It makes, I, I, I literally, so it's so funny because I used to not understand why I had to do that. And now I understand that I didn't have to do it because no one else did it either. My mom and dad had just believed that, hey, you need to sit back down for a second. It was just something they were taught. It was goofy. It didn't matter, but it mattered to them. So I would do that. So imagine my shock whenever Wendy and I are getting ready to go somewhere and I walk out, and she walks out, and I forgot something. I walk back in, and I said, hey, we need to sit down. She says, sit down for what? I said, Wendy, you don't know, but bad things will happen to you if you don't sit down. She was like, what are you talking about? Is this some kind of spiritual thing I don't know about? I said, it's in Williams, the passage of Williams 101, I guess. I don't know what it is, but that's what, that's what I was told. You know what I did? I just did it. I just did it. I just do it for mom and dad. As God is my witness, if I go up to my mom's house right now and I walk out to the car and I start to drive away and I come back in, she'll say, you need to sit down. I'm 49. You know what I'll do? I'll sit down. You know why I'll sit down? Because I love her. That's why. I care about her. That's why. I do. I do. Can I tell you guys something about this whole COVID thing? This too shall pass. It will. It'll pass. Can we not as followers of Jesus grow up a little bit? Can we not just grow up a little bit? If you have to get off social media, will you just get off social media? I would rather you get off social media and not make God look bad than to get on social media and make both you and God look bad. You guys, we really need to grow up. Parents, we need to wise up. So we need to grow up. Parents, I'm talking to you now. We need to wise up. You guys were given children to guide and direct them in the ways of the Lord. That's why you were given children. That's why. Now, there's some people who were given children and aren't following through with that. They don't go to church. They're not followers. But the reason God blesses us with children is to teach them and guide them in the ways of the Lord, because we are in a process of redemption. I want you to understand something. We're in a process of redemption. We are in the process of redeeming that which was lost at the fall. And our children are to be a part of that. But can I tell you something? A lot, a lot of parents aren't following through with what they're supposed to be doing. You know how I know that? Because I see social media post after social media post after social media post of children, of young kids, of teenagers who were calling something right that God calls sin. Do you know that? I see it all the time. Hey, listen, I know this isn't a popular thing to say. It's amazing. It's amazing. <laughs> it's amazing that I would have to say this isn't a popular thing to say in church. Guys, listen. I want to read from you what Romans chapter 1 says. Let me read for you. Starting in verse 18. But God shows His anger from heaven against all sinful, wicked people who suppress the truth by their wickedness. 
They know the truth about God because he has made it obvious to them. For ever since the world was created, people have seen the earth and sky. Through everything God has made, they can clearly see his invisible qualities, his eternal power and divine nature, so that they have no excuse for not knowing God. I want you to hear that. They have no excuse for, what, for not knowing God. Yes, they knew God. And here's the kicker. They knew God. People who know God but they wouldn't worship him as God or even give thanks. And because they wouldn't do that, they began to think up foolish ideas of what God was like. And as a result, so they can see God in all his properties. They know who God is, but they wouldn't worship God because that would mean setting aside themselves. They wouldn't worship God. And so what they do is, and I know this doesn't sound familiar to anybody of what's happening today. What they would do is, is they would then, because they would not worship God, or they would not submit to God, or submit to God's word, what they would do is, is they would make up, is what Paul said, they would make up things about how God really is. And as a result... Their mind became dark and confused. And here it is. This is every news channel in the world claiming to be wise. They instead became utter fools. And instead of worshiping the glorious ever living God, they worshiped idols made to look like mere people and birds and animals and reptiles. And what does God do? He abandoned them to do whatever shameful things their hearts Desired, And as a result, they did vile and degrading things with each other's bodies. They traded about God for a lie. They traded the truth for a lie. Because they would not submit to his word, they traded the truth for a lie. And so they worshiped and served the things God created instead of the creator. And this, this is what it says who is worthy of eternal praise, amen. That is why God did what again? He abandoned them to their shameful desires. And it says, even the women turned against the natural way to have sex and instead indulged in sex with each other. And the men, instead of, instead of having normal sexual relations with women, burned with lust for each other. Men did shameful things with other men. And as a result of that sin, they suffered within themselves the penalty that they Deserved. Guys, listen, we are not teaching our children the truth of the scripture anymore. What we're doing is, is we're pretending like that if we love someone, that we won't tell them the truth. I can't be someone who sits here and doesn't tell you the truth. I just want you to know that. I can't. Because I have decided that God's word is a lamp to my feet. And a light into my path. Because I know, I know like I told you before, that there's a path that seems right to a person. But in the end, it leads to destruction. What's the text talking about here? It's talking about homosexuality. Homosexuality, you guys, is a sin. And we're not teaching our children, even though, even though we know what the Scripture says, we're Thomas Jeffersoning the Scriptures when we know that homosexuality is a sin. And someone will have to answer to that. And can I tell you something? It won't be me. Because I'm going to tell you the truth. It's your responsibility to teach your children. 
It's your responsibility to teach them what the truth is. I don't care what society says. I don't care what CNN, NBC, Fox News, I don't care what they say. I should care less. All I can tell you is, is that we are not as a church teaching our children the truth about sin. I'm going to tell you something else. Abortion is murder. Period. I've noticed something about people that are for or pro-choice. I've noticed something about them. None of them were aborted. You ever notice that? None of them were aborted. It's murder. And they know it's murder. It has nothing to do with the choice. Can I tell you when the choice is made as far as children go? When you decide to go outside of what God has called you to do and have sex outside of marriage, that's when the choice was made. So I'm pro-choice too. I hope you choose not to be foolish enough to get pregnant. And I know some people are like, well, what about in the health of the mother? Or what about, can I tell you something? Those are very rare. They are. The majority of abortions are done today because of, of contraception. That's why they're done. I've got family members that listen to my message every week, and this is going to tick them off when I'm saying this. I know they may not listen again. Sorry, guys. But I can't sit up here and, not, and lie to y'all. Can I tell you something else that's popular today? Shacking up with other people. Shacking up when you're not married. Listen, teach your kids that living with the opposite sex when you're not married is a sin and that God is not going to bless that situation. Don't come to me. I've had people come to me and say, hey, listen, you know, will you do my wedding? And I've said, yeah, listen, I'll do your wedding, but you can't be shacking up because I want, a, I want a relationship that God's going to honor, not one that he's not. And he's not going to honor that. Why? Because he can't go back against what his word says. Can't do it. He can't do it. What is your guide? What is your guide? I don't want you to come to the end of your life and to pass away and to go, oh my gosh, everything that I thought was love was not love. Can I tell you what, what not telling your children about some of these things are? And you know what? A lot of people, you know why a lot of people don't teach their kids about this? Because they don't know it themselves. They don't know what the word says. They just know what their opinion is. They know what their truth is. Their truth. I don't care about your truth. I care about God's truth. I don't care about my truth. I care about God's truth. A lot of people don't do that. You know what it's like if you don't share this with your children? You know what it's like? It's like having a kid that's a drug addict. And instead of sitting down and saying, listen, you've got to stop this. This is going to kill you. Instead of doing that, you know what it is? It's you saying, hey, everything's fine. It's all fine. I'm going to love them. I'm not going to, I'm not going to say anything to them. I'm going to love them anyway. I'm going to love them. And you do need to love them. But you also need to address the issue. You need to address the issue. Because the issue is killing them. It's killing them. Not addressing the issue is not loving them. The scripture says that those who God loves, he also what? Disciplines. He chastens them. He disciplines them. He disciplines them. He disciplines them. Easy for me to say. He does. Parent, we have the responsibility to teach our kids. We need to grow up. and We need to teach our kids. And finally, I'm going to tell you this church, we need to wake up. We need to wake up. I don't know if you know this or not, 
And man, I do sound like I'm under a tent, don't I? Somewhere sweating. I need to... But we do need to wake up. Parents need to wise up. Church needs to wake up. Needs to wake up. I want to let you guys know something. Today, the church is under attack. If you don't know that, then you're a fool. Then you've never watched anything. Then you don't see what's going on. Do you know, think about this, and you may not follow this stuff, but I do. Do you know that Thursday, I think it was Thursday, Thursday, the Supreme Court of the United States said that a church in Nevada could not meet with over 50 people because of COVID. Did you know that? That a church, they have a rule that it's 50 people. They could not meet. Even though they have a huge facility, they could socially distance with masks. They said, nope, no one, 50 is the max. The Supreme Court said that because in Nevada, the people that make the rules in Nevada went against this church and it went to the Supreme Court. And literally, I think it was Thursday, they said churches 50, uh, 50, only 50 people could meet total in the church. And the church has more than 50. But listen to this. Are you ready for this? Guess what can meet in Nevada over 50 people in one room? Casinos, slot machines, bars, restaurants. So they can meet, but the church can't meet. Y'all, we're under attack. There's already been little rumblings of, well, since we're already tearing down other things, and I've already told you what I think about statues, it is what it is. But, well, we need to start tearing down some other things, too. Make no mistake about it. Make no mistake about it. And one of the reasons why is because we are not standing up and being the church. We're not. Now, listen, I don't think the church, I'm not saying stand up and be the church by going out and picketing things and all that stuff. I'm not saying that. I'm saying that we don't know the scriptures. And we don't, can I tell you, can I tell you that no one that I've ever known has been picketed or hated to the kingdom, but they've all been loved to the kingdom. They do. They've been loved to the kingdom. And one of the things that we have a hard time doing, church, is we have a hard time between loving someone and letting them know they need to repent. We think that we need to love them and love them and love them and love them and don't address any of the issues. That's not love, you guys. Whenever Wendy and I got married, you know, Wendy had a ton of issues. I had one or two. So we had to, uh, to kind of look at those. No, seriously, Wendy would come to me and she would say, hey, can we talk? And you know what that means, guys? You done done something wrong. That's what that means. And so we would talk. Wendy would talk a lot. I would listen. Um, and she would bring up something that I need to change in my life. And I knew that it would come from a genuine place because she loved me. We love people to the kingdom. And we have a hard time, uh, what I call it, because Jesus walked in it so well, is balancing the great tension. There's a great tension between not accepting the sin and loving the person. And church, we need to wake up and realize that that's what our role is supposed to be. We're supposed to love people but we're supposed to also tell them the truth. But we need to know. We need to know. 
it's interesting. Um, do you know that we're, on, we're streaming on Facebook right now? Do you know that just because of a couple things I've said in this message today, that there's a possibility it'll be taken off Facebook? Did you guys know that? And you don't think we're under attack? Don't take this freedom for granted. You'll blink twice and you'll lose it. Now, I'm not one of these people that call... Anybody that knows me knows, if there's visitors here today, I'm not one of these people that, you know, I don't pound the pulpit and all that kind of stuff because I, I, I want you to experience God in real life. That's what I want you to experience. But over the last three or four weeks, I've been doing a lot of praying and a lot of thinking and a lot of searching. And this is what I feel like I needed to tell you today. We need to grow up, wise up, and wake up. We really do. Let me pray for you. Lord, man, you call us, you call us to, to a holiness that we can't even touch, but you want to help us through it. You call us to a, Lord, you call us to a place where we are, um, uncomfortable and that's okay too Lord you call us to a place of um, repentance where we get freedom a lot of times God we think freedom lies in uh, no rules no nothing to you know but that's a lie your word is what brings about freedom your sacrifice on the cross is what brings about freedom your forgiveness is what brings about freedom. And here's the final one, God, that we don't want to listen to or talk about, is our obedience is what brings about freedom. It's our obedience that brings freedom. And so, God, I pray right now that we would experience freedom and that we would grow up, wise up, and wake up. God, as you change the hearts of people and you bring about what I believe is going to be a revival in our land, as you do that, we will just ride the wave and we will give you the honor and glory and praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's stand up and sing a final worship song today. Thank you for listening to the podcast for Real Church Coweta. If you have any questions or would like to contact us, please visit our website at realchurchcoweta.com and click on the Contact Us tab. We invite you to join us every Sunday at 10 a.m. in the Worship Center on the campus of Central Christian School in Sharpsburg. Until then, God bless and remember to love God, love others, and live real.